Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my name is Alan Moore and you are listening to Gaelic Games Europe's weekly podcast, This Sunday's Game. Very warm welcome to the latest episode of This Sunday's Game and as a return to intercounty action in Ireland grows ever closer on our social media and website very, very soon. GGE will be posting up information on how our members can get a discounted rate to watch all championship and league matches on the GAA Go platform. So stay tuned for that. On today's show, we're going to hear from Enya Hand of the phenomenally successful 20 by 20 campaign, which aims to increase media coverage of women's sports and also increase participation of women at all levels across all sports. Now, what is mainly an Irish-based initiative, all GGE clubs are both eligible and strongly advised to get involved in this brilliant, brilliant project. The details of which can be heard at the very, very end of the interview with Enya. But first, a bit of news. Among the many talking points before the return to inter-county action, the use of yellow slitters has caught the eye. Now, former Watford boss Derek McGrath said that the decision to use them in the championship is a little bit rushed and Joe Canning agrees with him. He said that, I don't understand why we're playing with yellow sitters to be straight up about it. I don't know, did they ask any players or anything about what the story was? Maybe they did. We've played with white slitters under lights before in league time, so I didn't hear anyone saying we can't use a white slitter. Galway football boss Pori Joyce played down the fact that former All-Ireland winning manager with Donegal Jim McGuinness turned up to take a session with the Galway footballers. Both had won a Sigerson Cup in 98 with IT Tralee and Joyce said he's one of the best coaches in the country. He's been there, he's done it and he's very relevant to GAA as we know. He's won the All-Ireland as a manager, it was a perfect fit and a no-brainer for me to be honest with you. And finally, some great news from Ulster that the long-awaited redevelopment of Casement Park will be going ahead. Northern Ireland Infrastructure Minister Nicola Mallon said that she believes it will be a landmark stadium, transformative for Gaelic games and also for the economy of West Belfast and Belfast in general. She also went on to say that, I believe it will be truly transformational in sporting terms, in social terms, in economic terms for the whole of Ulster. And now we head to North Dublin to have a chat with Enya Hand of the 20 by 20 campaign. Delighted to finally have on the show uh, one of the main movers behind a 20 by 20 project. Of course, we all know there's a project that is driving forward recognition for women in sports and, of course, in sports media. And not just, but, you know, we have to start somewhere and sports is our kingdom. So let's start here. Enya Hand, you're very welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Um, so yeah, just a little bit about 20 by 20 itself. Um, 20 by 20 was started with a mission, you know, to create a social positive impact and changing our cultural perception and the mindset of women and girls in sport so that they are seen as strong, valuable and worth celebrating. 20 by 20 was born in October 2018 and it became the first ever movement of its kind in Ireland where the concept was originated and developed by the Along Came Spider team, um, the founder, Sarah Colgan and Heather Thornton, whom of which are both um, parents of both sexes. So their experience was invaluable to actually create this and to make it happen. Um, so with that, 20 by 20 has three targets and that is 20% more media coverage of women in sport, 20% more female participation at all levels, 
um, including, you know, players, referees, uh, coaching, administrative level, and then 20% more attendance at women's games and events by the end of 2020. And to, to actually make this possible, um, 20 by 20 was made by five global brands, which include AIG, KPMG, Little, Investec, and three, um, I suppose, who all came together to celebrate and to back women's sport. Um, and a really important part of the architecture of creating 20, 20 by 20 was the federations, which include um, the national governing bodies, brands, the local sports partnerships, um, and then the media as well. Um, so then then from there we kind of looked at you know where where 20 by 20 could branch out and we moved towards grassroots clubs and across education so with that out of 30 national um, universities in Ireland 28 of them have signed a third level members 20 by 20 clubs charter which, which is huge across those organizations and over 300 clubs across 24 different sports have signed the 20 by 20 clubs charter. So what that means is that they have fl- they are flying a 20 by 20 flag or certificate in their clubhouse or at events or at games um, to champion women and girls in their area or, and in their club. In terms of um, female role models, because I know you have a master's uh, from different sports, how important is it to have female role models in sport? having female role models is is so important we need female role models to raise the the talent pool sport you're only get you're you're only going to get those players who are intrinsically motivated that they don't have or need a role model to help them to see what they can be you know the majority of players girls are affected by that lack of visibility and when there's no one to look up to that that kind of becomes giving up it's about being aware that this is deeply ingrained in all of us and realizing that sometimes girls just need you know a little bit more coaching mentoring or support to get them to participate in sports where boys might tend to throw themselves in quicker or faster Um, and 20 by 20's tagline is if she can't see it she can't be it and it's it's not only referring to like I can't be an, an elite athlete unless I see a female elite athlete around me it's it's she can't be part of what sport gives us culturally if she if she hasn't been exposed to it. So the visibility, you know, has got to become seen as normalized and part of our culture of what we do and who we feel we are. And um, for our older generations, it's a bigger leap because women's sport, you know, wasn't as visible. And for these younger generations, if it becomes as visible as men's, then we won't have that hurdle, you know, to jump over and 20 to 30 years ago, women's sport wasn't half as prolific as it is now, but it still isn't half as prolific as it needs to be. And it's not to compare all the time with the men's games, but it's seeing it for what it actually, you know, make those who haven't been exposed, like to actually care about women's sports. Tom O'Dowd, who was actually the president of the LGFA in 1979 to 82, I think. And he had said that after matches, the men would get a fee to all the rest after training or or matches but for women unless it was like an all-Ireland final that they'd be given chicken and chips which is is is, is so bizarre to think of now that 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 mindset has, has changed slowly but surely to get to now but if we look back women now who gave up sport as kids um who were regretting you know what they have missed not only the the benefits but the the leadership skills the sense of being 
like needed and as part of a team of teenage girls who felt uncomfortable simply because the culture wasn't there for them to be valued as athletes in the same way as it is it was for boys so it was the only it was the ones with the unusual grit or talent who 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 break through that barrier but for for others to come along we need to celebrate and female role, role models need to be seen for for that to happen is there a problem maybe sometimes that you know we see especially it's due to marketing and everyone is guilty in in some ways i know when i worked in sports management we were terribly guilty and it was and it was difficult as well to try and and it works both ways for men for women but especially for for women that unless the athlete is attractive she's not going to get the attention that she deserves yeah so I think for like media for women in sport, um, it's it's often about the injustices or you know the battles that female athletes or competitions are facing, um, where it should be just about the technical ability on the field, the analysis of the game, the style of play, and and the competition. And I think we need to discard ourselves from the idea of sport and women's sport. You know, um, our use of language is so important. And if you're looking at cultural change and shifting mindsets or attitudes, it, you know, it's not okay to have the World Cup and the Women's World Cup. I think, I think you want to let the reader or the viewer to discern for themselves where you can, uh, where you're not pointing out when it's a man or a woman. You know, we want to support girls and encourage them to participate and to become the coaches and referees and to take the leadership roles and to be them role models for others coming after them. And, you know, unfortunately, a gender bias in media coverage, you know, continues to persist and that that, that reinforces gender stereotypes and deprives girls and women of appro- appropriate role models. But give your daughter female role models to emulate by watching women's sport on television and attending sports games and look for even-handed sports coverage and make a point of following with your daughter the the careers of girls who have become hometown or regional sports heroes and you know there's plenty plenty of them in Ireland and that's evident today and for example um you know, I don't know if you saw, but Canterbury launched the new Ireland women's and men's rugby jersey in August. And I don't like to use the word men and women's jersey, but this is just an example. And um, the men's jerseys were modelled by high-profile players. You know, the likes of Conor Murray, Bundyaki, uh, and Robbie Henshaw, whereas the, the women's were modelled by actual models and mo- not players themselves. And a WASP player, Florence Williams, actually stood up and said you know, Canterbury have done a really special thing by launching a women's jersey for the first time ever. But then to launch it in the way that they did, um, I know that there's another launch coming, but the idea of a launch is the first look. You know, you can't see something first for a second time. And it just showed to a lot of players that this is what we feel about you and your sport. And this is the effort we have put into your sport and your jersey and representation of that jersey. So on August 23rd, Canterbury released a statement citing COVID as the reason for this and social distancing and players photography safety is obviously the utmost importance. However, this actually spiraled a lot of conversation and caused further uproar, which rightly it should have. And this resulted four days later in a heartfelt apology from Canterbury itself saying that they will equally use both men and female players in their shoots here after this and that was just a huge statement for equality and sports for both male and female athletes and to be that both should actually get the same respect and so I think that that 
things like this are starting to become a huge change. And once they've been talked about, this is when the change is happening. Where does the fault lie, do you reckon? Because we're all consumers. So we're all consuming this product that they're putting out there. So they put two good looking lads who also happen to be good rugby players. And then they put two good looking women who happen to be models on. So can we apportion blame for this? That we all have to take a stand in this, that like it's what we as consumers want to consume? Yeah, so I think it comes down to by all asking questions from the very bottom level, um, by all asking questions, we can encourage each other to to change this mindset and to just be aware of the subliminal bias that is going on around us. And that comes down to our culture and our language and how we use how we use that and how it's portrayed. So I think that if once we all start asking questions, change will happen from there. Is progress being made in sports media? Are there more opportunities for young women to actually get careers in journalism and in all spheres of sports media? Absolutely. Um, and I feel now more than ever, especially with the 20 by 20 campaign, this has brought, brought a lot more opportunities on to women and girls in sport. Um, example is the GAA. They partnered with 20 by 20 launching, you know, a call to action to see more women's games and events. And 20 by 20 was given this um, center stage with a giant pitch um, and, or a giant flag, sorry. And then pitch side interviews and big screen activations like in front of a packed house in Crow Park um, for the All-Ireland 2019 um, semi-final. Um, and then from that, off the ball and three held their first ever women in sports road show. Um, sports show, her and AIG launched the first women in sport live studio show. Twitter partnered with 20 by 20 in the first event to amplify voices around women in sport. Um, and this is where both Google and Facebook hosted the, the key chapters of that campaign. Um, the 20 by 20 media awards were launched by Investec and a monthly, a monthly award um, was given to recognize excellence in journalism um, on women in sports. So these kind of initiatives are, are helping to frame what, what, is, what is going to be available for women in sports. And just one more point to add to that, RTE um, Director General Dee Forbes, she increased the National Broadcaster's commitment to 20 by 20, pledging that RTE would not only increase its coverage by 20%, but that 20% of all Orti sports coverage would be women in sport by 2020. So the final chapter of the 20 by 20 campaign is the future for women in sport. And we have launched an original documentary called The Long Road and a podcast called Choose What's Next. And this celebrates where we've come from in the women in sport journey. And um, are women supporting women's sports enough? Because very often, for example, tomorrow, look, the Moscow women's team are playing at home. And I know a lot of women who will go to watch the men's team play, but they won't go watch the women's team play. Um, but I asked, I've asked some of them, why? And like, it's just not interesting. The level of skill is completely different. I want to go to watch the men's team play. How can we change that mindset? And that, that exactly comes back to my point. So uh, that women's sport like hadn't been visible enough for, for long enough. So my, my generation, you know, my female role models would have been Sonia Sullivan. And now for my, my younger, you know, cousins or little, I don't know, any, anyone in, in primary school, they have so many role models now, 
including the likes of people that I mentioned, Kira McGean, Cora Staunton, uh, Rachel Blackmore, that's what we need to see on TV and and on uh, all across social media. So once once I know this sounds generic, but if she can't see it, she can't be it, and that's where the tagline comes down to. So it's it's the younger generation that hopefully will encourage each other and and support each other and and same with the language that we now are using and how we can now that we're seeing female athletes we can support each other whereas if you look back 10 years ago you know the media was flooded with with male athletes and that's I think that's why we're as supportive around each other as we should have been and that's just a cultural change that needs to be turned which is turning now but it, it it needs to continue Okay, and just for for dads alone, um, what can what can we do to get the most out of it uh, for for our daughters? Because I know that you come from a sporting family, so the support was there. What can we do to help? Yeah, so I think for young girls and women, um, the support and encouragement of their dads or of the as well as their mums and any other family member that plays a crucial role in them wanting to play and actually enjoy sport. So uh, this role as parents, it's, it's realizing that kids don't all have to play at a very high level and that there is a type of sport for everyone. And, you know, they just need to be exposed to actually find that. Um, for parents, one way to help their own girls is to, is to get out and support and that requires a shift in, in decision. And this comes down to the cultural change to make the effort to bring your child to a game and take girls sports as seriously as boys. And, you know, watch and attend sports games with your daughter, offer extra encouragement, make fitness and physical exercise a part of your family routine, if, if that's possible. And, you know, be involved as a parent. Um, studies have shown that adults tend to encourage boys, but not girls. And, in sports to be independent and competitive like as a result girls tend to have this the main re- like girls tend to have a view of themselves as kind of less aesthetically skilled than they actually are and remember a lack of confidence is one of the main reasons girls drop out of sport um where, when they reach adolescence so it's cr- it's a critical point that you give your daughter extra encouragement by telling her that you value her as a female athlete and by letting her know that she has the same capacity as a boy for coping with intense sports and, and, and competitions of the likes and that she is just as tough as any boy. And that should be the bottom line. And by doing that, you are being a role model for your daughter and someone listening today never grew up as an athlete, you know, don't unconsciously minimize or restrict your daughter's involvement if you weren't that athlete, but by encouraging them in, in all aspects. And of course, when puberty hits, suddenly there is that drop off is because bodies change and people don't want to speak about it. Coaches don't want to speak about it. No Administrators don't want to speak about it. And then, you know, of course, at certain times of the month, it's, it's difficult. But again, you know, men, women, we, we, it's a secret. How can we help that to be a little bit more open and kind of not as frightening not just for fathers but for people in general to actually say look you know you you are you know your body's changed but don't worry just get back into it just keep going keep going yeah and that is an issue that needs to be spoken about more um kelly harrington actually did a great takeover on 20 by 20's instagram channel and she had said that 
she had put up a question and said that this is a really touchy subject because people have made it to be a touchy subject where it shouldn't be and we need to talk about it um do you if if you're if you're going through your time of the month do you do you tell your coach you know your body is changing you need to you need to change with your body and allow it to do what it needs to do during that time. And then once that kind of time has passed, you're back into a, a bit more of a normal, a normal routine, I suppose, with your body. So you just need to be aware these things need to be spoken about. And that that's for male and female coaches as well to be aware of from their side and from parents. Um, so I think it, it just, the conversation needs to, needs to happen and it needs to happen more. What differences have you seen between Ireland and other countries in how they view and operate with uh, female sports? So obviously we're heavily focused on sport in Ireland, but I think our sports media is is different to countries in ways where, you know, sports have to fight over a limited amount of column inches and gender equality isn't going away. Um, Our sports media culture you know, is different to other European countries, such as, say, Italy or or Spain or France. And there is daily newspapers there that are completely dedicated to sport, you know, like the likes of 48 pages long in Ireland and in the UK. There's nothing really of that kind. And apart from, say, the 42 or Sports Joe off the ball and off the bench, you know, sports sports have to fight over a limited number. And the big four, rugby, soccer, GAA and horse racing they take the lion's share of that coverage and while other sports such as basketball rowing athletics or hockey they they're they're fortunate you know to get a look in and I, th- I think it's just the way we have a such a much smaller country in comparison so um but I I think that the online sources are doing a good job in trying to you know, bring in the the likes of the athletics or the rowing or to give them some form of visibility um, apart from the big four. And as, as well, it, it, it kind of comes down to a seasonal thing. You know, what's, what's, what's making the biggest money, I suppose, and what's bringing the most traction. That's what the journalists want to write about and talk about. And it, that, that does make sense. So yeah, I think that's, that's probably my, my thoughts about, you know, the comparison from Ireland in compared to say Italy or, or Spain or France. Tell us how can people get involved? How can clubs sign up to the charter? Because I've seen it on the website. So how can you get involved and to start to show their stripes? Yeah, so your your club can get involved easily. Um our applications are closed. But to do this you can log on to twenty by twenty.ie and go on to the show your uh, show your stripes section on the website and into clubs charters. Um, from this you just download the document. It's all free of charge fill it in and send it to clubs at 20x20.ie and from there we will send out all the kind of uh, merch and the material goods including the flag to to fly in the club and to make aware that your your club or your area is championing women in sports and you know it's it's been great to see over 24 sports uh, different sports across Ireland to sign up and uh, 32 counties and different places across the world such as uh, Dubai and Vietnam and Australia and Canada our flag is flying out there so um, de- we're definitely trying to push more and more people to join and it- it's a brilliant initiative and it- it's yeah it's free of charge so that that's the best way you're going about it. And we can we can take advantage of it as in we can join in the revolution in Europe as well. 
Absolutely. You can show your stripes. Everyone can by pledging one action. This is to attend or promote um, or uh, share anything online of any female or women in sport game. Um, this year on International Women's Day, which is the 8th of March, we, we put out a, bit, a big ask to the public and over like thousands of people across the country and, and, and uh, from the countries that I've mentioned um, all pledged their support. Um, including our own president, Michael D. Higgins. And um, so we've, we've had a lot of support and by people t- continuing to do that, we can create a change for, for our, the future for women and girls in sports. What do you want to see happen in an ideal world with your efforts? Of course, we love 50-50 um, and that's, we have a long way to go. But I feel if we continue to approach the situation in a positive manner and use our language correctly and make aware of the female athletes around us make them visible on our screens talk about them promote them like you would with any male athlete and we will have a really successful line of female athletes in in the future and representing our country and that could be your daughter so i would continue to support support the the campaign that we have at the moment. As the final whistle blows on this episode of This Sunday's Game, we'd like to thank Enya Han for her time in chatting with us. And also remember clubs that you can be part of the 20 by 20 revolution, 20x20.ie, get onto it. So until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.